Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that knows what Vinny Vidi Vici means. It's the noobs and the Hoovian. That's that's not what Vinny Vidi Vici means. It's the name of the show. It just there was an awkward pause that made it sound. Uh, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovian. These are my sons Corbin and Trip, and we're the noobs. And this is the podcast that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before and, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. haven't. So welcome to episode number forty-three. Oops. Not 32, (laughs) not 42, but 43, covering season four, episode two, The Fires of Pompeii. This is the one where the Doctor and Donna can't save the people of Pompeii until they realize that they can, but only because they have to kill them all to save everyone else while saving some so that everyone who dies won't be completely forgotten, but the Doctor will. (laughs) (laughs) That was beautiful. The Doctor and Donna step out into ancient Rome. Well, brand new Rome. Well... Brand new Pompeii, as it turns out. And it's the day before Vesuvius erupts and kills 20,000 people. But don't tell anyone. Even though they they understand your okay English as perfect Latin and your okay Latin as Welsh. The doctor decides to get back in the TARDIS and get out of Dodge, uh, uh, Pompeii. But the the TARDIS is gone. While looking for the TARDIS, something strange is happening. There are people here who seem to know the future, but not the big important thing about tomorrow. Turns out, aliens crashed to Earth thousands of years ago and are slowly taking over nearby humans. Soon, they'll be able to take over millions and then the whole planet. The Doctor can stop them, but it will mean blowing up Mount Vesuvius and causing the disaster that Donna wanted to save everyone from. They make a terrible choice to save the world and barely survive themselves. Donna convinces the Doctor to save someone, anyone, and he does, because she's right. He does need someone with him sometimes. The end. Guys, it's story number 190, originally airing April 12th, 2008, to 9.04 million viewers. That's impressive. Don't forget about those 40,000 people. That's impressive, though. It is, yeah. That's That's that's, almost back up to the first one. That's big numbers. And I think that's the highest it's been since the first one. Yeah, I mean, so if memory serves me here, like, you know, we had, like, the big push when it premiered, and Mm -hmm. then, you know, and then it went off. 10 million viewers. Yeah. But but it's been like steadily climbing. I mean, yeah. there were I remember some some weeks where we like were saying it was seven million. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it did get wild. down to the sixes. Yeah, so uh, this one was what written by not James Moran as Corbin said. Uh, James, <laughs> That's what it looks like. At James first. Moran, M O R A N. I'm sure middle school sucked for him. Um, this was Moran's only Doctor Who. This was the only mm. episode that he ever wrote uh, prior to today. Uh, this this being uh, let's see season. Uh, 11 just went off the air. The, the first season with the 13th Doctor. All of a sudden, I'm blanking out here, but uh, it's 2019. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, it was directed by Colin Teague. Uh, he did uh, The Sound of Drums and The Last of the Time Lords, and then that's it. He did uh, Sound of Drums, Last of the Time Lords. He, he didn't even back. do all of that because uh, that's a three-parter. Well, yeah, he so he, he didn't do whatever the first part was called. What was that part called? The very first, oh man! I think that one was the sound of drums. Um, no, 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 no. Yeah, because remember, the sound of drums in Last of the Time Lords was done as a two-parter, but then they decided to. Oh make yeah, I remember the that. One before that, that's confusing. Part of a three-parter, but not really. Wait. So it had a different director. Yeah. Anyways, um, so he did Sound of Drums, Last of the Time Lords. He did this episode, and that's it. That's all we've seen from Colin Teague. Um, Both of these guys, James Moran and Colin Teague, also did a lot of stuff with uh, Torchwood. They did some 
uh, Sarah Jane Chronicles. So they've been around the Hooniverse, but uh, not a ton of stuff uh, on, on Doctor Who proper. All right, uh, the cast. Um, nobody really to report on this episode. There wasn't any like big stars, uh, nobody recognizable that uh, was worth commenting on, really. Yeah. So we'll just move on. Is nobody going to stop me <laughs> at this point? Uh, have- I'm going along with it. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I mentioned last time, I mentioned last time uh, that uh, there were two big surprise guest stars. And I said, uh, I asked all the Whovians out there, I know you caught the one, but did you catch both? Because everybody caught that Kaikilius was Peter Capaldi. Actually, That's- I didn't. For uh, well, yeah, all the yeah, but, all the people that have already seen Doctor Who and know Peter Capaldi and have gone through his three seasons of him being the Doctor. Some people that are watching it for the first time might have noticed that, honestly, because oh yeah, yeah, Peter Some Capaldi folks. is big Doctor. I, I will say this though: there's there was a, a you know there's a few years between this episode and when Capaldi returns as the Doctor, and he looks a little older. Yeah, he, he looks a little older when he comes back as the Doctor. Just a little, because he was a little older. So, uh, but at any rate, yeah, he looks like obviously ten years older. So, Kaikilius, the guy who bought the the TARDIS, ha ha, yeah. uh, ends up coming back to play the role of the twelfth Doctor, mm. and so obviously, you know, big giant connection there. Uh, but what you may have missed was that the one of the soothsayers, the one who spotted the blue box and said the prophecy has come true and the blue box is here. That was none other than Karen Gillan, who uh, Whovians would know as Amy Pond. And uh, the rest of us would also know as Nebula from Guardians of the Galaxy uh, slash Infinity War slash, I don't know, maybe she'll be back in... Endgame endgame. trailer, you know. Oh, is she in the Endgame trailer? Mm -hmm. I have purposefully not watched any trailers. Really? Every time I see a trailer... I think I saw the Super Bowl trailer. Uh, because it's the Super Bowl, you have to watch everything. Yeah, uh, but mm-hmm. I actually no, didn't. I don't think you were even there for that because you were downstairs doing stuff when I told y'all that the Endgame trailer was on. Yeah, according to Texas, I saw, game, I'm like, y'all both I saw a trailer for Endgame, so yeah. it may have been it may have been later on in the evening. But at any rate, um, they released I a have, new one like today. Yeah, I have I have just stayed away from. This is one of those movies. This is like uh, um, 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 the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. This is a movie you don't have to sell me, okay? Endgame, you it. don't have to sell me. You don't have to show me how cool the special effects are going to be or how amazing the plot's going to be or how big the explosions are going to be. I don't care. I'm going to watch it. Shut up and take my money, okay? Uh, so there's a few movies like that. Um, so I was not aware that Karen Gillan showed up in the Endgame trailer. However, I didn't know that was Karen Gillan. That is, well, I mean, how could you? True. She's like... Covered in blue robot paint and has no hair. Yeah. So, um, however, you would also recognize her as Ruby Roundhouse I from wouldn't. Jumanji: I Welcome to the Jungle. I didn't make that connection. Again, at all. you're you've not seen Amy Pond yet, so you you, you might not make that connection. But um, the Whovians out there, uh, hopefully, would recognize if you've seen Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle. Is that why you were talking about her so much when the movie was coming out? You're like you've got Dwayne Johnson, Black Jack, and this character and I've Karen never Gillen. heard. <laughs> and they're like, okay. Cool, Dad. <laughs> like, cool story, Dad. Like, we know who Jack Black is. We know who The Rock is. Who's this other person? Um, it'd be like if I told you who was playing the teenagers. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Random actor number four. Um, so, yeah. So, she's she uh, was really catapulted into fame uh, by Doctor Who and has, has 
if you'll pardon the pun, jumped the pond and come over to the U.S. and really like is making a name for herself. Would so, you consider that a pond? That's a, it's a saying coming across uh-huh. the pond, like when the Beatles came I've out, they, not they came heard across that the pond. Saying. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, what? A, it's not quite a pond. It's a thing. That's the joke. It's coming across the pond. It's the. It's the not ocean. funny. Okay. It's not meant to be funny. It's anyways, you're not a funny dad. Moving, moving right along. So um, the the okay, the girl who played Evelina was somebody. I don't know who she was. I looked at her IMDb page, IMDb page, and I cannot figure out where I know her from because all of the stuff that she's listed for, I do not know, and I do not recognize she's her. She's probably in any of those uncredited. Things. A little uncredited. She in may some be, but it, it's been driving me nuts the whole time we were watching the episode. I'm like, who is that girl? And I thought I had it figured out, and then I was like, nope, that's not it. Dang it, who is she? I, so, anyways, Whovians, mm. if you know, if you know who the actress that played Evelina reminds me of, then please let me know. Right it, I will give you five thousand. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking it looks almost similar to uh, that one, that one witch from Merlin. But we said that about a different character, and we've that realized... That was who I first thought it was. And we've realized, this is just a common face, apparently. <laughs> yeah. This is- you, have an, you have an unoriginal face, ma'am. Maybe uh, she sorry. was that other person that we thought looked like her. Oh, that's confusing. Oh, that's... Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I don't know, but I, it was driving me nuts the whole episode. Every time she was on screen, I couldn't pay attention to the dialogue, because I was trying to figure out, where do I know this girl from? So, uh, Miscellaneous trivia. I, I, You know what? I don't know why I put this here. I put this in miscellaneous trivia, because it's miscellaneous, and it's trivia. But, y'all remember the... Okay, so the character, the um, the auger, the um, Lucius Dextrous uh, um, Petrus, he was the guy that was got into the, like... The, the spur of the moment rap battle with the doctor mm-hmm. where he came in like ah but a seed is but a oh. thing on the wind or Roman you know, rap battle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> philosophical <laughs> rap battle um, his that name Lucius Dextrous Petrus essentially translates from Latin into right arm of stone that's amazing <laughs> I, that I can funny? see that Dextrous is right means right yeah. Petrus is stone yeah and I guess Lucius means Arm? Did you figure this out? Maybe, or maybe it's dexterous Petrus. Maybe the Lucius part isn't part of it, but it, but Petrus Petra means stone, and Dexter uh, means your your right hand or your right arm. Did um, you figure this out? Uh, it, you know well, some Latin. It's don't enough. You? Yeah, I, I knew enough Latin to know that, but it was pointed out to me at at, at the wiki, um, ah. and I, I I read it and was like. Okay, because I did the research <laughs> before the watching thing? the episode. I couldn't remember who Lucius Dexter's Petrus was, and then he when was he came in, the man and his with arm, the right arm of stone. Yeah, well, remember when he, when he came in, and his arm was covered. You know, yeah. that was like a big reveal. I was like, very good, oh, that's they the did guy. a very good job with the details. There's a point where they're walking down, and in the very far background, you can see the girl tracking them, and I was like, that's attention to detail right there. You can see the girl tracking them. Uh, Karen Giller or whatever. She's in the very far background, hard to notice. Oh yeah, oh and yeah. She's yeah, yeah. following them. Yeah, so they just like to throw in little stuff like that. So, so calling the guy, uh, you know, Stony Right Hand. It's like Harry um, Potter with the Fenrir Greyback and. Uh, oh yeah, Lu- and Lucius. No, it wasn't Lucius. Lucius Lupine. was a different Lup- guy. Lup- Lupine. Remus Lupine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lupin. Um, what was his first name? Remus. Oh, re- yeah. <laughs> Right. Basically, both of them are 
relations to wolves. If, right. Yeah. If you don't know that, so. Wolfie McWolfish. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> I mean, Greyback is kind of obvious, but <laughs> Fenrir is um, like some ancient wolf from okay. mythology. All right, so let's let's go ahead and do this while we're in miscellaneous trivia, because you said Re- Remus Lupin, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what does Remus have to do with Wolf? So uh, Remus and some other person with his a brother name. Romulus. Romulus, his twin brother, that was it. Romulus and Remus were uh, I don't know they were orphaned or something raised yes. by a she wolf or something like that. Right, and then they created Rome. Uh, yeah, they they're the cool. fa- they're the mythological founders of Rome. And uh, if I remember, I think Romulus killed Remus, and that's why uh, that's why it's called Rome. Oh. I saw a comic the other day where Remus like counterattacked and killed him instead, and said, "I present to you the city of Reem. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. But anyways, so Romulus, okay, so Romulus and Remus, mm-hmm. um, raised by a wolf, et cetera, et cetera, blah blah blah. We've talked about uh, Lupine, which yes, uh, Lupine that's not the track I was going there. That's not the track I was going okay. down. Yes, yeah, 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 exactly. It means um, wolf. Same, same, Latin. same Latin root. But in this episode, we talk about how they didn't have the word volcano because it came from this event. It came yes. from the eruption of Mount Vesuvius at Pompeii, and it's named for the god Vulcan, which we just who figured was out who that was. Fire today. and destruction, right? And, and then we started talking about Vulcans, and that's where I was going with it. Is that um, uh, the the planet and the race of people called Vulcans in Star Trek are named after the god Vulcan, mm-hmm. comma, also, mm-hmm. there's another race of aliens, the Romulans. Oh. Ah, you never put that one together before, did you? No. The Romulans, and then when you get into one of the, the TNG movies, um, the worst TNG movie called Nemesis. Um, you deal with the Romulans, like brother race, the Remans. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. So you have the Romulans and the Remans the from brother Romulus race. And Remus. Yeah. Well, some I, I forget the exact relation. I can't remember if they. So like the Vulcans and the Romulans were like. So it's like that little sub race of Klingons or whatever. I, something mm, like this that. This is professional. Know, this is how you go from Harry Potter to Doctor Who to Star Trek. That's right. That's right. We're all so over we, the place. We've hit all of our uh, all of our nerd points of interest. We didn't get so Star anyway, Wars in there. Oh wait, we the, actually did. <laughs> and MCU. We did. Yeah, what, earlier. What, we're professionals. We? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was talking about Last Jedi. So, at any rate, Doctor Who is a show that we watch sometimes. Um, so, yeah, mm-hmm. just I, I just I love when writers play around with languages like that. Yeah. And, and what's fun is when you have somebody, uh, when you have something like that fly under the radar and mm-hmm. then you, you learn it later. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I pointed out to you, to you guys, the thing about Remus Lupin and I, I laughed when I heard the name and y'all were like, what? And I was like, let me tell you something nerdy. You and only heard Lupin. Oh because yeah. Because in yeah. the movies, it's just at the point, at least right. they hadn't said Remus. And I told you, you Oh, yeah. by the way, his first name is Remus. And you're like, Oh, that's even better. That's yeah. That's what I'm saying is when you pointed out. And so, but at any rate, there, there, there will be things. That's guys. basically every name in the Harry Potter series. Yeah. Yeah. They're all, some they're all correlation jokes there. and winks and nods to something, but you guys are going to get 10 years down the road from now. 
and you're going to be le- you're going to learn a Latin phrase or a Greek word or <laughs> something in Spanish that's going to make a bell go off in your head, and you're going to think back like, to this point in your life and some character you saw in Doctor Who or on or on Star Trek or something like that, and you're going to start laughing because there was some bizarre connection that mm-hmm. the author made that you you know, and then some bit of information unlocked it for like you. Vinny so. Vidi Visi. Uh, yes, um, I came. I saw. I conquered. Which I spoiled That's, that earlier. Uh, yeah, sort of. Um, so at any rate, let's get to the checklist, guys. We've been <laughs> we've been dawdling around for a little. Yeah. While. Checklist. All right. Our baddie of the week is the pyrovile. Um, nice name. Uh, yeah, especially that? considering they're made of rocks. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, let me see here. There was that um, probably means something. Let me go type it into Google Translate. <laughs> Now it's it's even better. Oh no, where did it go? I had this. I had it somewhere. Their original name was even harder than that. It was like the Pyrovilliamax or something like that. And then there was some other. Like when there, he said Pyrovillain. Huh? Yeah, he called him a Pyrovillain. Um, yeah. So it it in the original script it was it was something like that, like Pyrovilliamaxius or something, and then it like got shortened, and then it got shortened again. I guess probably just too much of a mouthful. I don't know. Um, what do you mean too much of a mouthful? I know for this show, I <laughs> yeah. have no idea. I don't know why they. I don't know why they. Uh, we have a whole section dedicated to jibberty um, jabberty. Well, you know what, though, Corbin. So, so pyro means fire. Yeah. Right. Uh, and vile, as in villain. Yeah. So yeah, it's just. Fire villain. villain. Our baddie of the week this week is Fire Baddie. Except literally on... Batty McFireman. (laughs) They literally classify as a stone-based humanoid. So why does their name include fire? Well, because they've got the liquid magma. Magma. What what was that (laughs) turtle shell thing? Uh, uh, Carapace. Yeah, Carapace. carapace. Your vocabulary word for the week is... Carapace. Which is the outer shell on a turtle. Yes. Uh, so we we um, took it off the checklist, but we actually got a fantastic this week. Donna said that being in Rome was fantastic. It's probably not a direct reference to nine. It was just no. said fantastic. I mean, well, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where anytime you hear it, yes, I see you <laughs> trying not to laugh at me saying, well. <laughs> <laughs> it's worked its way into dad's vocabulary. It, it absolutely has, and as it should. Uh, so let's see, we had um, we had six, is it six? Six wells this week. We There's had them say, wow. uh, ancient Rome. Well, not to them. For all intents and purposes, this is brand new Rome. I used uh, to think that was intensive purposes, not Intense no, and purposes. intense and purposes. Oh. Yeah, like intent, like intention. The more you know. We're getting a lot of language this week. Oh, guys. yeah. All right, um, we have Donna saying everyone here is dead. The doctor says, well, don't go telling them that. Um, let's see, before you ask, oh, he, he talks about um, having been in Rome before, and if I remember correctly, that's what our classic Who connection is going to be about. He, he mentions that he had been in Rome before, and he says, before you ask, that fire had nothing to do with me. Well... A little bit. Uh, we're going to talk a little what bit more about that fire? later. Uh, let's see. What fire would Donna know about that we wouldn't? Oh, this would be the burning of Rome. Oh. <laughs> that fire. <laughs> <laughs> your, your genuine surprise. Oh. That fire. <laughs> That fire, <laughs> the one where Rome burned to the ground. We are that so professional. 
Uh, let's see. Uh, we have the, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. Caecilius' son. He says, liar. He said it was the only one. And the doctor says, well, there's plenty of marble merchants in this town. Um, speaking of the Sybil, he says that uh, he knew the Sybil. I uh, fa- thought that she fancied him. That's two episodes in a row that he talks about somebody fancying him from his past. Um, he says that he told her uh, that it would never last. She said, I know. And he said, well, she would. Um, Sybil, of course, being a like a, a, a soothsayer, a prophetess. And everything, I wonder so. if we're going to get anything about this Sybil or not in the future. Or in the past, uh, I, uh, <laughs> in the future, or in the past. Yeah, the, there's the future doesn't. There's quite fun make little sense. nods like that. That that um, uh, oh gosh, um, uh, thirteen has been doing that a lot, and I don't know if that's just going to be like one of her things. But she was, she would name drop like every episode where she would say, you know, oh yeah, when I was hanging out with the emperor doing this thing, and like it was like every episode she said something like that. And I was like, what are we doing this season where she was constantly name dropping like that? And some of them were name drops of stuff we'd actually seen on episodes. And other times. You know, like I think she mentioned uh, Vincent Van Gogh. And like that's that's coming up. They're going to meet Vincent Van Gogh. You know, Spoilers. And then some of it is... Um, uh, just random things that she would throw out yeah. and you have to go, is that, was that like when the 10th doctor mentioned Queen Elizabeth being mad at him or something? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah oh, stuff not like this that, again. So. Uh, let's see. We also have, uh, where, um, uh, he's pointing the squirt gun and one of the, um, uh, one of the soothsayers says that she reads his mind. The weapon is useless. And he said, well, yeah, but it's got a sting. And then squirts the, uh, the high the water pistol. Yeah. The high priest. I've seen, thing like a little gif of that and I was like what is that all about <laughs> all I know is that's like classic 10th doctor we so. got um, we got I swear we all the three of us agree there was an Alonzi uh, that was really really brief it like was you can't um, tell what he said at all yeah I know it was it was right before uh, the 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 pyrovile came bursting up out of the ground and um, he said it, and it was not even in the closed captioning. I know, which no, was why it was. But he he said he said like something that was sentence. not in there. Yeah, he said like a whole sentence, and it wasn't in the closed captioning. It was must uh, have been too soft on this, and fast or something. Right, the closed captioning on this on this episode really sucked because um, there was another part where uh, is it auto generated or is I don't think does so. someone actually go in. There? I don't think so. Um, but there there was a spot where. Um, it literally said speaking in Latin, which and was, I was like, so annoying. Come no. on, it's a gag in this episode. It's got to be in the yeah. show notes somewhere. It maybe I don't know. Uh, we didn't get any what's. Um, oh, I, th- I added a new item to the checklist, and that would be oi, <laughs> because <laughs> this is Donna's. If Do- if this is Donna's well, yeah, she, oh, and I it's should. so great. Um, and I can't. You know what? I can't even remember where she said it. Um, I, I didn't have time to write it down because there was so much stuff flying by at the same time. Um, but I went ahead and added it to the checklist, so we're going to say running count uh, uh, is one so far. Was it only one? Uh, it was only one on this episode, and I don't think there wa- there wasn't one. I don't think there was one last week. I don't think. I know she probably said it three times in Runaway Bride, but we're just we're just going to start yeah, it from this th- point. She probably said it a lot in the yeah. Runaway. Uh, We didn't get any runs. Nothing was impossible. Um, I threw this under the heading of Time Lord, uh, uh, Time Lord, the Time War. But um, there was the bit where he was talking about things, some being, some things being 
fixed in time and some things being in flux. And he told Donna... It's the first time he's ever mentioned flux. Yeah. Um, she mentions, you know, your planet, didn't it burn? And he says, yes, don't you understand? If I could go back, I would, but I can't. I just can't. Mm-hmm. So we've conveniently talked about this one of those fixed points. That's conveniently or or inconveniently for his his sake, uh, one of those fixed points. Uh, not a lot of jibberty jabberty. There were some, but there wasn't anything that was like excessive uh, that we wrote down. Uh, some jiggery pokery. We had um, oh, you know what? Uh, the psychic paper. Uh, we did have an instance of it. It wasn't anything new. He just said he was the marble inspector, which I thought which, was hilarious. Yeah. What? It's a like, marble uh, inspector? And they're like, oh, crap, we weren't expecting him. <laughs> we weren't ready for a marble inspection. And then she says, oh, you'll have to forgive my son, and takes the wine cup out of his hand and dumps it into the pool. I'm like, are you not allowed to drink wine when the In, in front of the marble, marble inspector? <laughs> you know, those marble inspectors. I do not approve of your drinking of wine in my presence. That's right. Uh, the TARDIS did some stuff. Um, I I'm gonna save all of the translation stuff. We're gonna that's gonna be in our let's talk it's about it section. Gonna be complicated. Yeah, um, but we had. Let's the TARDIS. talk about basically boils down to us theorizing about how stuff works. Uh, so. Sometimes you know just some deep dives. A stuff. lot of the times. Um, there was. Uh, it appeared it was actually drawn in some prophecy. Mm-hmm. Right, I thought that was fun. But they never explained the prophecy. They didn't ever actually say what the prophecy was. It wasn't, the prophecy means the volcano is going to explode. Because apparently to them, that wasn't even going to happen until he came along. Right. But it wasn't like the prophecy was he's going to come along and change everything and we got to be prepared. It seemed like when they were saying the prophecy, it came to be like interchangeable with just sort of like the teaching. You know? Yeah. Because, the, yeah, they didn't the, ever say there's what the a prophecy new was. prophecy. Yeah, there's a new pro- No, there's only one prophecy. What? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what was going on with Excuse that. Excuse me. Uh, but the TARDIS was part of that. Um, I thought, I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but I thought it was funny that the future doctor bought the TARDIS. That was hilarious. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, the connection's there. Yeah. And then he wrote in it, so. He what? He oh, wrote. wrote. I thought you said, uh, I thought you said wrote. He rode. Yeah. He traveled in it. Yeah. I thought you said he wrote in it. I was like, I don't He wrote in it. like scribbling on He ride in it. He wrote it, 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 it. He wrote in it. Wrote it, it. Um, I thought it, there was a there was a fun little uh, bit at the end where um, I can't remember her name, but Caecilius's wife at the very end says, "Who are you, Doctor, with your words and your temple containing such size within?" I thought that was a, a hilariously yeah. uh, poetic Latin way of saying it's bigger on the inside. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> your temple containing such size within. That, that is that is probably the best way of explaining it we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, oh, all right. So I changed things up just a little bit in the notes here, guys. I wanted to move. We, we've got where we're talking about the companions. That's not really part of the checklist. It's not a checklist of saying yeah. like, oh, we said the word run, you know. Yeah. Um, so we've got, a, we've got a kind of new section that's just a reorganization. We're going to call this who's who because uh, this is where we ask the, ask the question, uh, who is Donna? Who is Wilf? Who is the Doctor? Who was Martha? Who was Rose? All yeah, that kind all of stuff. All that stuff. Yeah. Um, anything, is there anything, huh? The grandfather. Wilf is her grandfather. Oh. The old man. And the fact Wilf. that he's oh. in here means he's going to be important later. What? what do you mean? Is he related to Atmos? What? Tell me the truth. What, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> I, I just, I forgot to take him out of the notes. That's the only reason that I left him in the notes. He's yeah. not important at all. 
Totally. What? And I'll just continue to forget taking taking them out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh look, I forgot to take them out again. Uh, let's see. Um, no mention of Martha at all, right? Yeah. Did, did Not that I know. Mention... Was there any allusion to her? Trip? No. What were you thinking? They mentioned something about Rose, like he was like, she's 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 back. She's coming back. She's returning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's. Re- She's Why would you say that meant Rose? Because of last episode. When what she... about last episode? <laughs> you mean? <I> <laughs> We're figuring this out, and Dad is scared. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's, let's see. It's got to do with Rose, Wilf, and Atmos. I'm sure of it. And <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, there. Corbin, Corbin, when when the uh, what was it the auger? Was that who said it? She's returning. I think. Yeah, I think it was yeah. the auger that said um, she is returning, and the doctor freaked out and was like, "Who?" And Who? then who is she? Uh, and then he turned to Donna and said, "And as for you, uh, daughter of London, which I thought oh, was a yeah, great, that's wave. awesome." Yeah. yeah, she was the. He the doesn't one, even know what he's talking the about. The one who calls herself noble. You are from a far away place, right? Yeah, yeah. That's how a lot of people explain it, actually. Yeah, it was. There was I, another episode like that. I two. can't remember which one. There was? There's two. What are we talking about? There was another one where someone, I don't know, was like f- foretelling the future or something, and they mentioned how oh, yeah. he's from a faraway place. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wait. Uh, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I can't remember. <sighs> and You'll remember as soon as we stop recording. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, thought it was, I thought it was interesting. And then he turns to, uh, yeah, so he turns to Donna and says, there's something on your back. Um. It's like, okay, and then just starts saying, spouting off all kinds of uh, crazy stuff. So that brings us to who is Donna? Uh, I thought it was interesting. She really stands up to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a couple of couple of things here where, um, like she said, I don't know what kind of kids you've been running around with in outer space, but you're not going to tell me to shut up. Yeah. And, I mean, if you think about, you know, Donna uh, compared to um, Martha and compared to Rose is a little bit older. Um, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how old she's. Her character is supposed to be. I mean, Rose is still a teenager. I'd assume. Um, she was nineteen in the beginning. That's a teenager. In the beginning, and then so she was around for like two years. So, I think. Like, I think. Is it two years in universe though? Um, I think so. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Really? At least two years. But at any she was gone. She for was a yes. Year. So yes, late teens, early twenties. Martha, I got the feeling was kind of like early to mid twenties. Um, like she's not a doctor yet. Um, she's working like on she, it. Like if she was a doctor, you'd say, okay, she's like at least in her late twenties, early thirties. Yeah, because that's a lot of school. Yeah, it's like eight years. Um, so, so she seems to be like mid, early to mid twenties. Um, but Donna is—I I don't. Again, I don't know, but I'm picturing her closer to my age, like early to yeah. mid thirties, probably. Yeah. So she's a you know a little bit older, and says, I don't know, you know, what kind of kids you've been running around with, but you're not going to tell me to shut up. You yeah. know, and it's like, oh, okay. Somebody I'm almost as old as you, doctor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, looks that way. Yeah. But, uh, but this this kind of seems to be her thing. Like, I, I, I seem to remember her doing a lot of this in The Runaway Bride. Um, at the very least, yeah. you have, like, the big moment, right, where she, like, called him down uh, when he was, like, destroying yeah. the Ragnos children or whatever. Ooh. And she's like, it's enough. Drowning like, them. Knock it off. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah, genocide. You know, that's he, he like he just pours water down and instantly starts killing them, even though they're at the center of the earth. Well, you know, 
What are you gonna do? Technicalities. Uh, Rain um, falls fast. I did think I did love the the little jab where um, one of the soothsayers says, "This prattling voice will cease forever." And the doctor says, "Yeah, that'll be the day." <laughs> like, yeah, if you can get her to shut up, I'd be impressed. Oh, that was great. Um, and then, of course, as I said in the recap, the doctor tells her, "You were right. Sometimes I do need someone." Welcome aboard. So you kind of have. So this is her. This is her third adventure, but this is her second time, like in the TARDIS. Because last mm-hmm. episode, last episode, she didn't. She didn't really get into the TARDIS until the end, right? Oh, yeah. No, no, that's right. Because yeah, because it was parked behind her car, so she mm-hmm. she didn't get in the TARDIS at all. So this is only her second time in the TARDIS. Um, so that makes. By the way, that makes this. This is her first trip. Yeah. Right, so like she got beamed into the TARDIS, and then went back to Earth. Uh, and For most then, people's first trips, they go to some extreme. Like Rose went to the end of the world. Martha went to the end of the world. Martha, no, Martha went to New Earth. Yeah, which that was right. past the end of the world. <laughs> and now Donna oh, is yeah. going all the way down to BC era. Right in yeah. Pompeii. Exactly. So, um, and she seemed very thrilled with being in ancient Rome. You know, and yeah. it was, in fact, fantastic. Uh, so, uh, nothing about Wilf. He wasn't here. Wasn't even mentioned. Um, who is the doctor? Um, I thought. Okay, we already mentioned his rap battle with the auger. I thought that was hilarious. It was hilarious. Roman rap battle. I wanted. To- I didn't view it that way. I was like, this is. <laughs> I mean, funny. It, what, what would you call it? What would you call it? I don't know. Yeah. Rap battle is suiting. Yeah. I just... Kind of. I didn't think of that. I mean, like, it wasn't like a rap battle in the sense of, like, your mom jokes, but it ah! was... It was, <laughs> it was a knowledge rap battle. Something like that, yeah. Nerdy rap battle. Yeah, and at the end, the, the uh, other guy Rhett was and like, Link. oh, wow, like, you know your stuff. That was, that was, that was impressive. I was, that was impressive. Mm. I did love that uh, the doctor loves quick not knowing... Quick kill him before he gets too smart. What's that? I said quick kill him before he gets too smart. <laughs> before he takes over. Uh, he loves not knowing things. It keeps him on his toes. I thought that he was great. He said that yeah. before. Oh, has he? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, th- I remember I feel thinking like he that said something like similar. Quintessential he said something doctor. like that. Yeah. That, that just is the doctor. He loves a, He loves a mystery, doesn't he? Yeah. He loves something. He loves something that he doesn't already ex- know mm-hmm. or expect. Which is not a lot of things. Exactly. Yeah. Except that happens every episode. I think. That, so. Well, there's <laughs> that. So. It's impossible. Oh. Here's how you do it. Yeah, we're about to do it right now. Right. <laughs> uh, we. <laughs> I love. Um, and 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 of course, this can't be. In universe, this could be something, but production-wise, in the real world, this can't this can't be anything. But I thought it was funny that she says no man is allowed to enter into the temple of Sybil, and he says, "Oh, that's all right, just us girls." I immediately was thinking of thirteen. I just started crying. Me about too. Oh, just us girls. Um, no man. Yeah, that's right. So we have um, no man. The, uh, the high priestess says this one is different. He carries starlight in his wake. Oh, I love it when they do that stuff. Yeah. I love it when they, uh, you know, like he is. What was what was the one that the kid said in the, uh, the family of blood? Yeah, he's like he's fire. He's like, he's like fire, fire and ice and rage. He's like there's a lot of stuff at in the that. center of time and the universe spins around him or some craziness. Like, mm. I love it when they do that. He's he carries starlight in his wake, um, and and he and he doesn't. And he's like yeah, pretty much. You know, <laughs> I forget what he said exactly. You are a lord of time. Um, and then lastly, he sees the universe differently, uh, which is a, a vast understatement. He says that some things are fixed, some things are in flux. And Donna says, how do you know which is which? And he says, "That's b- because that's how I see the universe. Every waking second, I can see what is, what was, what could be, and what must 
not. It's the burden of the Time Lord, Donna, and I'm the only one left. That is his first Tear. rant of the week in the wild. <laughs> yeah, that was we the didn't mention I'm the only one left in the Time War thing. Uh, oh yeah, well yeah, yeah. There you yeah. go. Yeah, some some time war information there. Um, but That's this this reminded like... me of nine when he said, um, you know, the 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 universe, the 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 planet is spinning at a million miles an hour, and we're hurtling through the galaxy at a million miles an hour, and and he says, and I can feel every bit of it. That's who I am. Except you know? that one didn't answer any questions, unlike this one, which did answer questions. Yeah, that one was a little bit more. Like I mean that one. Whatever. That one answered actual questions like how does he know what's fixed and what's flux? Well, it, it, I mean, I guess, but yeah. the answer was cause. Cause I do. <laughs> how do you know? I'm a time lord. Cause I do. Cause I can. You don't trust me. Yeah. Um, any other stuff that we noticed? I didn't have anything in there. Did you guys have any other stuff that you wanted to point out? Mm, no. Not that I know of. Awesome. All right. Um, so we have a classic Who connection again from Jared. Um, and he said that he was going to do a little bit of discussion on the Doctor in Rome. So let's listen to that. Hello, noobs and the Whovian. Jared here with some more classic Who connections, this time for the fires of Pompeii. There's one big obvious classic Who connection. It comes from the Doctor. He's talking about having been to Rome before, and the Doctor tells Donna that he had nothing to do with that fire. He is referring to the Great Fire of Rome, which happened in real life in 64 AD, and was kind of attributed to the Doctor in the fourth serial of Series 2, titled The Romans. In The Romans, the first Doctor, Ian and Barbara whom you have already met, and Vicky, whom you have not yet met, end up in ancient Rome, and they apparently decide to stay for vacation. Somehow they wind up house-sitting for a wealthy Roman and spend a month in the lap of luxury. Vicky gets restless, so the doctor decides to take her into the heart of Rome. Ian and Barbara decide to live it up at the house, but they are captured and sold into slavery. The Doctor is mistaken for a famous liar player destined for the home of the Roman leader Nero, and Vicky and the Doctor are taken there. Meanwhile, Ian and Barbara try to escape from their newfound slavery. As discussed in the last episode, the stories of both couples lead them throughout Rome and even the home of Nero, but they narrowly miss each other at every turn. The Doctor convinces everyone he can play the liar very well by not playing anything at all. He claims that his playing is so advanced that only the most sensitive and sophisticated will be able to hear it. Naturally, this fools the crowd. Meanwhile, Ian and Barbara escape and head back to the house. Nero has plans to build a great new Roman city, but he can't put them into action because of the current buildings in the way. As the doctor looks over these plans with Nero, he is playing with his glasses, which catch the light from the sun and set the plans on fire. Nero is at first furious, but then he realizes if Rome burns, he can build his great new city. Nero orders people to set the city on fire, and the doctor and Vicky escape back to the house, but not before Vicky points out that the doctor has just altered the history of Earth. The doctor seems genuinely surprised, and this seems to be the first time 
that the doctor realizes that his actions while time traveling can alter the history of a world. When they all meet again, the doctor says that they should go, but he won't let Ian and Barbara get a word in about their adventures, and he assumes that they have just been lazing around the house the whole time. They all head off to the TARDIS, laughing heartily. So there you have it, the classic connection. He claims he had nothing to do with that fire, and actually, he did have something to do with that fire. I won't say it's his fault. Nero is obviously kind of crazy there, but uh, the doctor certainly, his actions certainly did alter the history. So that leads me to my ratings for this episode. I really liked this episode. I liked how they tied back to what could be read as the first time that the doctor's thinking about how his actions could alter history for a world. And then in the fires of Pompeii, the doctor has to go through the dilemma of do I save people or do I uphold this fixed point? Uh, it's quite the dilemma to have to go through. It was interesting to see the Doctor and Donna work through that. So I really liked the episode. I'm going to give it a solid eight. Tardises confused for modern art. As far as the creep level goes, wasn't too scary this episode, but it did creep me out to see the people turning to stone, especially whenever any one of them that was almost completely stone moved and you heard the stone grinding against stone as their joints bent or something or their arms moved. That just, oh, that was like nails on the chalkboard to me. So that part gives it 200 creep levels. I'd like to thank BritBox for the information for this Classic Who connection. All I had to do was watch the episodes that made up the series of the Romans, which was good because... Half of my memory seemed to be gallivanting around with the leaders of Rome, and the other half seemed to be enslaved fighting as gladiators. And despite many close calls, my memory just couldn't get it together and meet in the middle at all this week. Well, thank you, Noobs and the Whovian, for having me on again, and I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who connections in the future. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was awesome. The the the, the <laughs> bit at the end there with the uh, the memories not meeting up in the middle. Oh that's, my gosh, that was hilarious. Oh, that's fun stuff. Corbin uh, Corbin said that Jared's uh, out of ten rating was much more uh, creative than ours, <laughs> considerably. <laughs> oh, that's fun stuff. I I did not um, I didn't know about that connection uh, the the parallel there between you know the the last time the doctor was in Rome. He did something that ended up causing an event that was already well-known history. And then in this case, he did the same thing, mm -hmm. you know. And it's the first time he realized he could change history, which uh, I thought You mean was the, the classic episode? Yeah. Yeah, 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 that's interesting. Maybe he was new out of the Academy, and this is like proof that this might be his first incarnation rather than... You would think there so. There have been previous yeah, ones. You would Unless think so. he, like, died on Gallifrey or something. Oh, who knows, Before yeah. he became a Time Lord. Uh, but, yeah, there was... Um, I, I thought that was an interesting connection that, uh, you know, both times he, he ended up, you know, literally causing the thing that... Uh, in this episode, he caused the thing that he said he couldn't prevent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the first time, you know, in the classic episode, 
uh, he he caused an event that was again it was a well known established historical fact. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that brings us as always to our overall impressions trip. What do you what do you got here, man? Um, I'm gonna agree with um, uh, Jared. Jared. I'm going to say 8 out of 10 creaky stone people. Creaky stone people. Yeah, that was a great sound effect. That was a great sound effect when the the auger moved his arm or whatever. It was like, you know, it sounded like, you know, stones rubbing together. I thought it was good. Corbin, what do you got, man? Uh, This was a good one. I liked it. Probably, like, I'm going to go with 8 out of 10 as well, even though everyone is saying this. 8 out of 10... I need something creative, though, because <laughs> everyone is more creative than me. Let me look through the notes. Uh, eight out of ten, she's returning. Okay. Eight out of ten she's prophecies returning. that yeah. she's returning. Okay. Yeah. Or eight, eight hers that are returning. Awesome. Something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll go with the crowd here, and uh, and I'll give it eight uh, broken stone arms uh, for uh, just a just a fun episode. Uh, I. When it's done the right way, I, I love a good time travel story where you end up causing the thing you were trying to prevent mm-hmm. or cause. Those are always fun. Yeah, yeah, where it's like, oh, it was you all along, you know. Um, I thought that was interesting. One thing that I wasn't sure about, and, and Corbin, you kind of brought this up uh, when we were watching it, that uh, they didn't the, – the, 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 the soothsayers – they literally could see through time because as the doctor explained later, there was a time rift and it echoed backwards and that's why they could see into the future, but they couldn't see the eruption. Like that was not, so I don't, I don't understand like, and something that troubled me was the doctor said that it echoed back through the Pyrevelian alternative. Which is confusing. Which it's it makes it sound like it's their it's way an of explaining. Timeline. We don't even know why this works. It may, yeah. Could, well, yeah, that could be it was, eh, wibbly wobbly. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, there there was definitely some some stuff going on. And uh, they that, they that tried to explain it away because they said, "Oh, what did they say?" It was like it was like this is their future. Because the volcano is going to be drained and it's never right. going to erupt, but mm-hmm. then he did change it. Yeah. So and that always was the future. So that that should have yeah. been the future. And yeah, and they so. they constantly dance around this. And and Donna hit it head on, where he said or she she said you saved me in two thousand and eight. Right, you 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 saved these people. You did this. You did that, and then uh, he's like, "That's when he launches into that speech about some things are fixed and some things are in flux, and uh, that's why, you know, I I can see that, and so I know which things I can change and which things I can't." Which was a fantastic way of canonizing that the writers can do whatever they want. That was a yeah. great way of doing yeah. it. But there that's was that's what they've been saying most of this series. Yeah. Yeah, um, but um, honestly, I'm sad that they don't give much real effort into explaining why it can work. Because just saying, how do you mean? Just saying, well, these things are fixed, but these things aren't. Right. Seems like a very easy way of getting out of any situation. Exactly, and I can tell you right now. I, in my opinion, you need to f- 
choose one or the other. Either you can't change things or you can. But you can't choose Yeah. I, I think it's I think in a in a show that is running as long as this one, if you have one rule or the other, eventually you're gonna run into a problem. So they've yeah. made an interesting way of getting around that by saying we can do both and it's canon. Yeah. So like kudos for that. And you gotta think about the fact that fixed points aren't necessarily fixed, but they should be. Because otherwise, reapers or whatever come along and eat everybody. That sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is, yeah, we've already established uh, with Nine that if you change a fixed point in time, then the reapers show up. And basically, everything is eaten. Right. Our solution to fixing your problem is to just get rid of the problem entirely. Yeah. So I will tell you, and I hope this isn't too much of a spoiler, but I'll I'll tell you that as of yet, this is not satisfactorily answered. It is just wibbly wobbly timey wimey. It's yeah. just whichever way we need it to go. And they will play with this idea of fixed points. Listen, if let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. He said this is a fixed point, and it can't be changed. Do you buy it? Uh, no. And and we'll just go ahead right now and take a moment to acknowledge that our dog is upstairs and won't shut up. So yeah. that's what you're hearing. You're not going crazy. But guys, do you I don't buy? Even it? have a dog. Yeah. <laughs> There's one podcast that I listen to. The guy owns parakeets, and you can oh hear him every now and then. And, and sometimes I'm like, "What is it? A, awesome. Is there a bird?" Mm-hmm. Um, he says this is a fixed point. It can't be changed. Does the episode? Stay consistent. Do you buy it? What do you think? Uh, I say kind. Again, he can. Kind. In this situation, he's given the choice to change it. It's he could have, and it obviously would have been a very terrible solution. But he could have changed it. Right. And are we saying that now the Reapers would come along and eat everything now? I guess so. Yeah. Or if it's a fixed point. Right. Or would. I don't know anything else happen. Trip, what do you think? I mean, I say, like, I say it kind of makes sense. Like, it's a good cover-up so that, like, the story can do whatever they want. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But it's good production. I feel like it's yeah. not really like the best. Like, they could have come up with something different. I mean, you can't just make something flux and something um fixed. Well, let's I mean, let's think, think in universe. Let's think in universe. Find something, but I do feel like this is kind of their lazy escape to do whatever they want with time travel. Okay. In universe, I think it kind of makes sense because, like, the time war, that's a fixed point because that's a big thing that millions of people know about. If you would change that from ever happening, that kind of alters the space time continuum. Right. And, like, the Pompeii, if Pompeii wouldn't have been blown up right there the whole earth wouldn't exist or would have been changed. So it changed right. all of what's going on in a certain place. And we've already seen that. Not letting isn't. Pompeii explode could have been one of the genuinely most catastrophic things he could have done for the entire universe. How so? We know, what was that, what was the oldest episode? About three trillion or something like that? Is way far down the road. And oh, we're talking yeah. about in the mere year 
like, you know, BC era, mm -hmm. suddenly the earth is turned into pyrovalia or whatever. Right. That would change. That would change every single episode right. that we have seen of Doctor Who. Right. Currently. Yeah. This is the farthest back they've ever been. Right. This would have changed everything this to come. Well, for the record, this is not the, by any means the farthest back the Doctor's ever gone. Yes, uh, but the farthest back he's gone in New Who. That's what I'm saying. Uh, he's sure, gone back sure. to the start. But remember, of the, the first episode that we watched, Wait, they no, went back no. to 10,000 BC. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um, so, but at any rate, um, here's what I would say is that, and I almost said this while we were watching it. I decided to to, to kind of save it for the show. This, he made this a fixed point in time, because when he arrived, and then made the change. Because apparently the way things were supposed to go was the Pyrovilia were supposed to drain the volcano, take over the planet, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But because he showed up, he changed that. And the fact that he showed up and changed it, I can tell you this much, that seems to make something a fixed point. For example, um, we're going to run it, if we haven't already, we may have already run into this, I can't remember, so y'all tell me. But there are episodes where you would think the quick answer is get in the TARDIS and get out of there. That right? happens all the time. Mm -hmm. But there it's are not. episodes where he, a lot of times it's like, oh no, the TARDIS got sold. So now we, you know, like this one, yeah. we got to go find the TARDIS and then he gets wrapped up and everything. But there are episodes where he specifically says that's not an option. We are in the time stream now. We cannot change that's i feel happened. like we're in the time stream now has been said before okay i couldn't remember if it if if we I think there's a time that's his been blue said. box just cut off and when he went in it was just a normal blue box huh just don't a normal. you remember that when the reapers came it was just a normal oh blue box. yeah 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 so there's there's times where he says hey we're in it now we are part of events we can't just bail right now so, so that now. kind of thing happens yeah but um you know, because he showed up, he then became part. Like, he made it a fixed point by showing up. Which means it was a flux point. So, apparently. Because apparently. he was able to change it in such a way that it became a fixed point. Right. So, what the future was Vesuvius, going to be. Vesuvius exploding. Uh, say that over. again. The, it was going to be that the pyrovial took over. But he came in, made it a flux, or changed it, because right. it's flux, Right. changed it to the way it happens okay. today so that it's fixed. So that was something else I was going to point out, was that Donna, um, Donna said, now that we know it's aliens involved, doesn't that mean you can fix it? Right? Technically. And that, that seems to be, there, yes. there are times, and again, y'all got to help me out if y'all have seen this before or not, but something is happening... Right, and because it was aliens, the doctor will step in. Yes, and they're all. This is never said. Okay, this is never said. But I almost feel like there's this twinge of the prime directive in there, where like if it's humanity yeah. doing it to them to themselves, you can't really change. We're gonna let it happen, or if it's a natural occurrence, we're gonna let it happen. But if aliens are here, specifically, especially if it's time traveling aliens. Then it's like, okay, all bets are off. I'm intervening. I'm not going to let you get away with it. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, we had an accidental let's talk about it section yeah. <laughs> by doing that. Yeah. So um, mm -hmm. do we want to talk about the translation matrix? 
I. How are we it'll be on time? long, but how are we looking on time? It's like it's a while in. It's almost an hour. As okay. It is. I think we should still talk about it though because there's a lot to talk about in this episode. But we also we didn't do and, the creep level. All right. I don't think we ever fully we explained what the translation matrix was let's, before right. this episode. Let's do this. Let's do this, Corbin. Um, uh, grab that section, pull it down to the bottom. Here's what we're going to do, guys. Uh, we don't want to keep you forever, but we do want to have some fun talking about that. So we're going to grab that, and we're going to slide it down to the bottom of our notes. We're going to finish out the episode, and then we'll come back, and we'll do that, and we'll release that as a bonus segment. Hmm. Cool. Separate to this episode? Yeah, we'll release it as a separate bonus segment. It'll come out in a couple of days. All right. Okay. So let's do that. All right. So Trip brought up the fact that we never got out of our overall impressions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Jared gave it, uh, was it 200? Yes. 200, 200 creep, um, level. creep level out of 500. Um, I, will, I will kick things off by saying, Jared, are you insane? Jared said, this episode wasn't very creepy. The last episode wasn't very creepy. The last episode had Smurfs. This one had like... Demon <laughs> rock monsters coming out that of the volcano. That were nine foot tall. Yeah, they were like huge. The small so, ones. And again, I'm always looking at this with the perspective of a dad who's got a seven-year-old. Um, th- that Holy crap. This was an episode I remember thinking before, because of circumstances, I was like, oh, I wonder if this would be one that Brayden could watch with us. Mm. And then I was like, eh, I probably shouldn't risk it. And then we got into it, and I went, oh, right. I forgot about the rock monsters. Like, holy cow. <laughs> you know, the demon rock monsters. Uh, yes, the demon rock monsters that came out <laughs> of the lava. So yeah. I'm gonna give it. Um, uh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull back. I was about to say 400. I'm gonna give it 350. Wow. I'm gonna give it 350 because that's I, high because to me. This was not, huh? That's high. That, that's oh, it's high. It's high. It's high. It's high, but it's not 400 high where it's like, you know, like spooky empty child. child. Yeah, I mean, this was not weeping angels level. Empty child. Uh, yes, this was. Uh, this was not empty it's child level, but, but definitely three. Which is scarier, empty child or weeping angels? Empty child <sighs> by empty far. Child. Empty, child. Yeah, empty child. The empty child. Okay, uh, Corbin, what's your what's your creep level out of 500 creep levels? I'm gonna say 150. Okay, and that's lower than everyone you're else's. A tough but guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I think creepier, creepier than the full stone woman, is just her behind the veil, where you can vaguely you make out. You kept trying her face. to figure out what her. I was deal like, was. is that a zombie? Yeah, is he it kept, an alien. He, he I was called, right about the alien. He actually. called her. He called her zombie lady. Then he called her like creepy alien lady. And she wasn't alien. Sudden, she was turning into a pyrovial. Yeah. So, but then all of a sudden you were like, "Oh my god!" It was like the third time she showed up. Corbin goes, "Oh my gosh, she's completely stone." And Trip was like, "I was getting ready to say that." <laughs> Y'all realized it at the same time. Yeah. yeah so like, one hundred fifty yeah. for me. One fifty. Trip, what do you got, man? Um, I say I'm gonna go close to Jared. Like this wasn't too scary. I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it two hundred and twelve. So I'm gonna explain my reason. I'm gonna give it two hundred for like the creepy lava monsters and all that, and then twelve just for that face when he was like, "The sky is falling." Oh, that's funny. Just, just, just that face. Just you, you get twelve for that. (laughs) Thank you. It wasn't that creepy. Just the way he looked up, like the sky is falling. Yeah, 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 that was. Um, it wasn't. I don't think it was creepy. It was weird. 
Capaldi has a weird face like that. <laughs> he really does. He's got Capaldi, you have a weird face. <laughs> uh, yes. Love noobs in the Whovian. All right. Um, so that's our overall impressions. All right, Trip, keep your screen. Do you see the theory section? It's all black. All right. Get off of that screen. Get away from that so I you can't see the theories. theories. Corbin has redacted his theories in the notes. Redacted. So can you see the theories, Trip? I, I took the idea from no, Dad. Okay. All right, Corbin. I cannot see it, so you can go ahead and unredact your theory and lay it on us. I can't wait. Okay. I actually have two theories. Oh, and, my word. Okay, yeah. So this is the first time I'm going to have a theory that's more about Doctor Who than some other series because most of my other theories have been, hey, is this person a Time Snoop Lord? Is a Time Lord. <laughs> Willy Wonka is a Time Lord. Mary yeah. Poppins a Time Lord. All the Smurfs are Time Lords. Wait, what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making something up. Um, this first one doesn't have as much evidence, but I think that petrifold regression, which, if you okay. remember, is yeah. a disease from New Earth. Yeah, New Earth. Yeah, from the year 5 billion. The Duke of Manhattan, New Manhattan, had uh-huh. some, had petrifold regression. Right. And basically, you slowly turn into stone, your movements get slower and slower until you are completely stone. Right. And I think this is an advanced form of the pyrovile's full body takeover where you become a pyrovile. Okay. So, so is this just like a leftover version of it or something? Yes, because from what I can tell, the pyrovile seem to have gone extinct. Okay. But small cases of this, of their dust, are left elsewhere, maybe even on their home planet. Ah. And slowly the whole disease has just... Okay, or so not it's disease, the same, but... It's the same thing where the dust is getting into you mm-hmm. and you're turning into stone, but they're all dead. Yes, and it slowly just de-evolved until instead of turning you into a pyrovial, you simply become... Stone. 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 Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. I like it. I like okay, it. Okay, okay. Not and much evidence, I approve. but I approve. Okay, <laughs> so this next one, I'm going to be talking... He said, not much evidence, but I approve. <laughs> I mean, you don't have much to go Backhanded off. Backhanded compliment, but, but, but keep moving. <laughs> Suck it up. Okay, so this next one is going to be going off of a theory that I've already seen. Okay. And that you've talked about, and I don't know if you talked about it on the show. Okay. But we've mentioned Peter Capaldi in how he's in this episode. He's a future doctor. He's yep. the 12th. Okay. And there is a theory floating around that the doctor can more or less copy people's faces, whether intentionally or not, it is seems yeah. to be unknown. And okay. so I was looking at a theory page where someone asked that or something, and some person explained, can't remember what episode they actually, he talks about it, and he remembers back to this episode and how supposedly, uh, like, he, Donna tells him, just save one life or whatever, and he right. remembers this. Right. And he believes, he believes that is why he has transformed to look like this guy. Right. And this is obviously just cover-up. There's no, they just hired him. But I noticed when there is a very particular scene where the doctor reaches out and his hand has a faint regeneration yellow on it. Like yeah, he's about that. to regenerate. I need to go back and look at that. Then he touches 
Peter Capaldi's hand. They grab hands, and the yellow spreads hmm. onto Capaldi's hand. Okay. As if mm-hmm. he's almost like marking something. him. Okay, all right. Or absorbing. Yeah. Something along those lines. Absorber off. Yes, I like that one. <laughs> like he's marking him to remember, remember that face. and maybe huh. transform into him later. Interesting theory. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was about to say you don't have so much of a theory as you have a spoiler for future seasons, but the the, the handshake <laughs> Is bit. That That's a spoiler? Not the handshake, but grabbing his hand. Um, not not a spoiler. What I mean is that it's canon. Um, he, uh, Capaldi, the twelfth Doctor, specifically says in an episode, "That's why I chose this face." Yeah. The only That's question the mark is: Was it? Is it? Subconscious or conscious? Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to me like it's subconscious because he doesn't. Un- he doesn't. He says, "Why did I choose this face?" Um, mm-hmm. So it's not like he re- he consciously did it. But yeah, it, it's canon that he chose that face for that reason to yeah. remind him to always save someone, no matter what the cost. Mm-hmm. So, but I like the idea that that ten reached out and when he grabbed his hand, maybe something. Uh, Time Lordish. Maybe there's rubbed a special power there that yeah. we just don't know about. That's interesting. That's interesting. Okay, I like it. I like it. Rock it. Rock and roll. All right. Um, there was no uh, no listener input. Um, unfortunately, so, unfortunately, send us stuff. That's we right. like it. So, um, oh, send us see. your theories. Send us what now? Yes, we we want to hear from you guys. We want to hear um, your your theories for sure, um, and 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 find out you know what if. What, what kind of stuff have you wondered about? What kind of stuff... Um, by the way, also, feel free to let us know where we're completely wrong about our theories or just, you know, our opinions even. You can let us know um, what, what you're thinking. So in the meantime, guys, um, we've, got a, we've got another uh, fun return. Uh, so we had the return of Donna. Mm-hmm. Um, we had the uh, retro retroactive... Not retroactive, but the prophe- pro- 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 prophetic... Uh, return of <laughs> Capaldi and Karen Gillan. Next time we have the return of the Ood. Uh, so yes. join us. The Ood. Apparently they're murdering people again. Uh, again. What is with those we bolts? Must, Why are they feed. able to kill feed. people? Uh, I don't understand. We must feed you. Why not? Yeah, we must feed you. Yeah. That's- so uh, check out the planet of the Ood. And um, that's that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun little romp there. And if your ood is happy, you're happy. <laughs> yeah, that, that was creepy. The circle. It? That's right. All right, so guys, noobs in the Whovian, as always, is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is that guy. Hi, I'm Trip. And our production editor is this other guy. It's me, Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia and Jared for the Classic Who connection. You can find us at Facebook.com slash NoobsInTheHoovian. You can go directly to NoobsInTheHoovian.com where you can not only uh, listen to the episodes, you can get the RSS feeds, you can figure out where to subscribe. You can also get our show notes where you'll see a little bit of our stuff written up from the episode. You can email us uh, at NoobsInTheHoovian at gmail.com. Um, or message us on our Facebook page, and we'll get that. And again, you can uh, let us know what you thought of the episode of Doctor Who. Let us know what you thought of our episode reviewing that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you can let us know your theories about upcoming stuff, where you think the season is going, all that kind of stuff. We definitely want to hear from you noobs uh, that are experiencing it for the first time, and the mystery is still there. I will say this, guys. Let me throw this in there. That is the number one thing that I hear 
from Whovians that are listening, uh, people, men and women that have already watched the show, their favorite thing about our show is hearing y'all's perspective because y'all are, what's that? That's cool. Yeah, because they're they're getting to relive it. Through, oh, I remember when I re-experience it for the first time. Exactly. So noobs that are out there listening, uh, let us know what your experience. I remember when what, I was ignorant. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the good old days. Uh, no. Uh, so let us know what know what you're experiencing and what you think is coming because um, I can't confirm or deny anything, but I would love to bounce your theories off of our noobs, and you guys can kick it around, and I'll just sit here and bite my tongue and hold my breath. You can watch my face turn purple. Such fun. <laughs> yeah, such fun. So, well, y'all can't watch, but we can. That's right. Maybe we'll do a special episode where we where we do video and put it on YouTube of me uh, pinching turning my your arm face and purple. biting my tongue and, yeah, turning purple. So uh, wherever you found us, guys, whether it be iTunes, Google Play, uh, Stitcher, Spreaker, uh, SoundCloud, wherever you found us, uh, leave us a rating there. That helps us out a lot. Um, we, we have nine uh, ratings and reviews on iTunes. I don't think we have any um, anywhere else. Um, SoundCloud, we've got some folks following us and things like that. Um, but I don't, I don't know if you can leave reviews on SoundCloud. Maybe you can. I don't even know. So to look if, you found a, if you found where to leave us a rating and review on SoundCloud, do so. Um, wherever you found us, guys, uh, share, like, subscribe, uh, uh, yeah, me, click the bell. Yeah. No, that's YouTube. Uh, do all do all the things and share us with a friend. And particularly, you Whovians out there, find a noob that has never seen it before. Introduce him to our podcast so that you can introduce him to Doctor Who. Because not because we're an awesome show, but because we watch an awesome show. Until next time, guys. My name is Austin. I'm the Whovian. These are my sons, Trip and Corbin. And, and we're, we're the noobs. noobs. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Mixing it up with our names, are you? Be whip. <laughs>